0: Hello, my name is Dwayne Peters, and I'm with the Lupus Foundation of America, which is the founder and owner of the open access journal, Lupus Science and Medicine, that is published by BMJ. In this program, we will be speaking with Dr. Helena Eidborg and Dr. Elizabeth Singensen of the Karolinska Institute, affiliated with the Karolinska University Hospital in Stockholm, Sweden. We are speaking about their article published in the journal entitled, Kynionine Pathway is Altered in Patients with SLE and Associated with Severe Fatigue. The article is available online at lupus.bmj.com. Dr. Svengensen, explain what we mean by fatigue in lupus. From your observations, how does fatigue impact the quality of life for people with lupus?
1: I think it has an immense um, impact on the quality of life and we have in our studies posed open questions You know, what is the most uh, distressing symptom and just now and what has been during the course of your lupus? We have two of those open questions where there are no preselected answers. And for both of those questions, fatigue is the most common answer, followed by pain. So fatigue seems to be the most distressing symptom among our patients. We have a nurse working with us who did her PhD on fatigue. I know that she has had also in-depth interviews with many patients. I have not done that, but of course I talk to many patients. And I know that she sometimes describes fatigue as carrying a really heavy backpack that you cannot get rid of. It's sort of like, you know, you you cannot do what you want. You're sort of stuck with a really heavy burden that you cannot lift off your shoulders, at least not that day. Then maybe the next day it may be better again. It's not the same thing really as being tired, although I think tired also has part of it. But, I mean, only the patients really knows.
0: Depression often is a major issue among people with lupus. Are there connections between fatigue and depression, particularly as this pathway is concerned?
1: Regarding this pathway, we didn't see any associations with depression at all in lupus. Depression is more common in lupus than it is in the general population. It depends on how you measure it, I think, maybe twice as common or something in that order. But you can be depressed and have fatigue, but many of the patients with fatigue are not depressed. I would say the majority are not.
0: So let's talk about the chyranine pathway. Dr. Eiborg, can you please provide an explanation about what it is and how it might be associated with fatigue?
2: So the chyranine pathway is... um, the metabolic pathway of degradation of tryptophan to so NAD, and well, about 5% of tryptophan is converted to BF5-HTP, but the majority of tryptophan is actually catabolized through the kynurenine pathway. This pathway is known to be upregulated as part of the activated immune response, and it also has a well-established role in depression, as you mentioned. Uh, that is highlighted by with uh, low tryptophan levels and high kynurenine levels, and that have been measured both in CSF and in in plasma. Um, the cunarin pathway has been highlighted to be a possible mechanism of fatigue, but it has not been studied in SLE. So that's why we thought it would be interesting to see if we could saw any changes in this pathway.
0: So can you now describe how you conducted this study? What were some of the methods you used to learn about the role of the quinurinine pathway?
2: The aim of our work was to try to cover a large, or well, the entire part of the pathway. So to measure the top, so the tryptophan, and then quinurinine the further metabolites, further downstream the, the pathway to the quinolinic acid. So for example, we looked at if we could see higher cunarin tryptophan ratios. So that could be a measure of this enzyme that converts tryptophan-cunerine IDO and that have been previously been reported as higher in SLE. So we use liquid chromatography mass spectrometry as MS to to measure these metabolites. But we also, in the collaboration, use other methods to cover other <laughs> metabolites then, so we also used gas chrysomy- uh, chromatography GCMs and in urine, we also used NMR to detect some further downstream metabolites.
0: Dr. Svengensen, I understand that this group was the Karolinska Institute cohort. What can you tell us about this cohort and how it helps researchers in lupus?
1: You no, know, we had a um, uh... We performed a lot of studies on this cohort, but these patients were selected actually for a metabolic study that we did in collaboration with Umeå University in northern Sweden. And we had a mathematician who spent a lot of time to select uh, representative patients to cover the whole cohort and controls. So the selection was performed based on a lot of disease manifestations and cytokines and just to be as representative as possible for the 500 patients or more that were included.
0: Dr. Eiborg, you divided the cohort data into subgroups. Can you explain how you selected these groups?
1: Well, we studied
2: limited and severe fatigue that we defined based on the fatigue severity scale. So limited or no uh, fatigue was defined as having less than four on this scale, but we did not see any significant difference in the metabolites from the kineurinic pathway between these two groups. But we also looked at patients with active and inactive disease defined by LIDI less than six or SLAM less than seven. And we could not see any difference between active and inactive disease in the kineurinic like a pathway but we saw differences compared to control.
0: Dr. Svengensen, you had mentioned some of the tests that were used in this study, in particular the fatigue severity scale. Please give our audience some additional information about these tests and the survey and how you went about using them and the role they played in your analysis.
1: If I start with the fatigue severity scale, that's a questionnaire where you sort of answer, you can put a score between one and seven for nine different questions. So it could be like, I'm easily fatigued is, for example, the third question. And then you score from one to seven. And for each of these questions, or my fatigue prevents sustained physical function is another one. So you get a score, a fatigue score, based on this fatigue severity questionnaire. So that's the, how we looked at fatigue.
0: You also did blood and urine analysis too. Did those tests provide any additional insights?
1: What we looked at for in blood and urine, there is a schematic picture where you can see what was measured in um, the urine. It was only metabolites and tryptophan, I think. What we saw was that there was really only a difference in fatigue between the more severely fatigued patients and the controls the less fatigued patients did not differ and there was not a statistical significant difference between the less and the more severe fatigued patients either so i think that i mean we could say that there is a trend towards this pathway to be important but it's not very strong data supporting an association or do you agree with me helena
2: Yes. Uh, When we look at correlations for the q and the fatigue score, we get the correlation of 0.34. So it's not very strong, but still it's in the same range as what we could see for other cytokines, for example. So it is tricky with these questionnaires and it is tricky to catch the fatigue, but there are no strong differences between severe and limited fatigue just compared to controls.
0: What are some of the major findings from this study?
2: I would say that the main thing was that we could look at the ratio between tryptophan and cunarine to see the IDO activity that was uh, increased in patients. That have been reported before, but we could be- confirm that.
0: Dr. Svangensen, are there any implications for future research? Are you planning any additional research in this area?
1: This is really one of the big questions, I think, with regard to lupus, is to try to understand underlying pathways that cause fatigue. We have not really continued this study, but the data is still there, and we are, I think we are trying to put it into a larger context, where we are now also looking at cytokines, how these cytokines perform with regard to fatigue. That's an ongoing work, and also there we see weak Not really some, but some and weak correlations, but not really strong and convincing. And I think you need to put this into the context of, I mean, of a larger context of inflammation. There seems to be a factor of inflammation, but. I'm not sure that that is the major, at least not uh, of what has been measured yet. Then there may, of course, be subgroups that where this is more important.
0: Dr. Eiborg, do you want to add any additional comments here?
2: I mean, we see that if we discuss cytokines again, that TNF-alpha has a kind of medium uh, correlation 0.5 to this pathway and is known to stimulate it. Related, of course, and mm-hmm. also some uh, IP10 and so on.
0: There's so much more we need to learn. Uh, Dr. Svengensen, is there any way that someone could use this data now, say in clinical practice? Yeah,
1: I think it's too early. I, what you could do is to give vitamin B3 supplementation as a treatment to su- suppress the IDO activity in patients where this is a very severe problem. I would still say that it's a trial and error situation where it's not there is not very strong support for that, but it could be tried in desolate cases, I think maybe.
0: You said that you're not doing any further research in this area, but are there other areas of fatigue that you want to study? You had mentioned cytokines. Are there other areas that you're looking at regarding fatigue?
1: We are evaluating the cytokines, the same cytokines that we evaluated in the TNF plasma albumin paper. And there we see also moderate associations with TNF, for example. But in that paper, we have also the large control group, and we can also see similar associations there. This is ongoing work, so I don't have the final word, but this is something we're looking at. And there seems to be a contribution from the inflammatory cytokine, maybe kinerenic uh, pathways. But from what I feel, there is more to it that we don't really understand yet.
0: Any final thoughts you'd like to offer before we wrap up?
1: Uh, even if it's not the biggest piece of, of the puzzle, I think I still think that this is important to report, both the cytokines and these uh, kinurine pathways, uh, metabolites. We don't really know how important they are, and maybe we'll know more in the future, but these are important pieces that we need to describe to continue, and maybe along other lines, but, but it's still important, I think. Of course, there is one compartment that is important but difficult to understand when it comes to fatigue, and that's the cerebrospinal fluid and the closed central nervous system, which is very difficult to get at. When I first started with lupus research, we looked at cytokines in the cerebrospinal fluid and saw that they were associated more with neuropsychiatric symptoms, but that would be very interesting to do, I think, to investigate. But it's, it's a demanding investigation and difficult to get enough patients, I think, to really do that study.
0: Well, I'd like to thank Dr. Helena Eigborg and Dr. Elizabeth Svengensen of the Karolinska Institute in Stockholm, Sweden, for speaking with us today about their paper, Kyurnine pathway is altered in patients with SLE and associated with severe fatigue. The article is published online in the open-access journal Lupus Science and Medicine. You can read this article and about other great lupus research studies at lupus.bmj.com. On behalf of the Lupus Foundation of America and BMJ, thank you for listening.